graveyards are like, it, you talk about you talk about how it's been a through line in all of your episodes, but isn't this like it almost feels like the end of the line, right? This is this is where we're all going to end up, and then here we are exploring maybe that step beyond it. So this is where the finality is supposed to be, but as paranormal uh, explorers, we don't believe that. It's the second oldest cemetery in Portland. Um, there's a ton of people buried here, though the, um, truly the headstones wouldn't lead you to believe it. So there's more people buried here than what we can see. Exactly. Huh? Exactly. I think there's about 6,000 people buried here. What? Yeah. These are people. These are people that could still be wandering this earth. You were talking about the first apparition. Yeah, yeah. Let's so that, that was uh, <laughs> woo. Hey guys. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I think I was I think I was by myself or I was with Johnny, and we were up on on this catwalk and we were on the far end and across the way there was this man and he had no hair and he kind of glowed like a weird purple and um, he had his hands on the rail and he was like looming over everything. The weirdest thing was, it wasn't like I saw him with my eyes, it was like some information had just like downloaded into my brain. And usually like when you daydream, you can kind of follow, you can follow where your thought process was. You know, you're like, oh, I was thinking about this and then I was thinking about this. But it was like all of a sudden, boom, there was this guy. And just like that, it was gone. I was like, okay, that was weird. And I didn't say anything. It was kind of like, did I see that? Do I have the right to say something about me seeing something? Like, have I had enough experience in this for me to be seeing things? And I didn't say anything. And at the end of the night, um, I was sitting with uh, Ty and, and Johnny, and I was like, hey, so, you know, in a uh, past investigation, Ashley had talked about a bald man. You know, what did he look like? And Ty described him to me. And I was like, wow, I, I think I saw him. I think I saw that guy. He's like, really? I was like, yeah. And that's kind of where we left it. And there was still that doubt in my mind that, you know, maybe I didn't really see something. And then I had a dream about him. And I, have that, I had that thought, like, if I didn't see him, why would my brain be thinking about him? Something in my brain processed this character, this person, this thing, and was like, this is an, something that existed that you saw. And then, and then it, like, tried to communicate with me. And I was like, okay, this is a lot. Um, but yeah, that was extraordinary. I saw something. That happened. I haven't really seen anything since, but like now I know that like this this can happen. This is I wasn't crazy, or maybe I was. Who knows? But I I saw it. I'm Jim Perry, and you are listening to Euphemet, a show about the unknown and our relationship to it. On this edition, we spiral into the darkness of one's soul only to find our way to light. Anna Holloran, and how ghostly encounters have taught her more than she could imagine. Like a thimble lost to the bottom of the Atlantic, I watch the fog consume Old Spring Point Ledge Lighthouse and creep its way over me. And through the cobbled streets, the church steeples pierce this leviathan, their gothic daggers carving through its gray body. 
This is my last morning in Portland, Maine, a town that has left its own mark on me. I've spent the last week with paranormal investigators from the web series Haunt Me, last night with cast member Carol in the forest attempting to make contact with extraterrestrials. But today I'm with Anna, who has met me at a quiet cemetery on a bluff. Anna started on Haunt Me as a producer with her partner Johnny. Now she's cast and revealing her past with the anomalous, to some for the very first time. From a Catholic family, this place of rest is sure to bring alive some old ghosts for her, a connection to the church, her beliefs, and her exploration into the unknown. Just under our feet, the answers to what it all could mean, perhaps, with the dead below. A few days earlier, I was diving into the shadows of an old Catholic church with Haunt Me cast member Ty, and felt an extreme closeness with something else, uh, another side, not unlike the most haunted locations I've stepped foot in. This cemetery brings it all back, and I have to share with Anna. I feel safe doing so, like she would understand. But I'm standing there and I'm realizing, I'm having this realization that I'm standing in one of the most esoteric, paranormal institutions, mm. like, ever. Yeah. Because, you know, you're talking about transmutation. Yep. You know? Mm -hmm. You're talking about uh, <laughs> reincarnation or, yep. or, or, or you, you know, the walking dead, you know, <laughs> and ghosts and demons and angels. And... That to me is like that's more paranormal than any sort of like extraterrestrial encounter. Right. Right. Like, extraterrestrials are almost the idea of them is almost so concrete. Like, yeah, of course they would exist. We exist. Why would we not have UFOs? But do we know that miracles exist? Do we know that? Oh, I hope I don't get a lot of people mad. But I mean, like, do we know that Jesus turned wine into blood? You know, and and yeah. all all of all of that and. The mythos of Christianity is so interesting in the fact that it talks about all these things. It talks about angels. It talks about demons. It talks about coming back to life. Um, but in the end, like, the idea of communicating with a ghost is just you com communicating with a devil or a demon. Mm. You know, like, in yeah. the Catholic Church, as far as I understand it, it's believed that a ghost would very likely just be a demon trying to get your attention. It's, I, I, the reason, okay, the reason I always tell people about my, my mental illness and my mental health state is because I want them to understand, like, when, when I'm having, like, an anxiety attack or something and they're like, what's wrong? I want them to understand why. So they're not just confused or they, just so they understand, you know? Um, so I am diagnosed with um, obsessive compulsive disorder and my family and I always makes, make little jokes about like being particular about certain little things. Um, 
I didn't realize how much it was going to um, expand from from that uh, until I was in college. I was going through a lot. Um, it was a very complicated time, and um, I, it just it just exploded. Like you hear most frequently, like you know, being germaphobic, like you're washing your hands 30 times a day, things like that. It really starts to get in the way of your life. So. Um, you know, you wash your hands after the bathroom and then you go to touch the door handle and you're like, no, I have to wash my hands again. So you open the door and then you wash your hands. And then like, you're like, okay, that wasn't good enough. And so you do it again. And so it starts to really affect like, if you need to go somewhere, you know, if you need to get anything done, um, if, uh, you know, it starts to affect your relationships and how you, how you talk to people and, and, um, how you talk to yourself too. And, um, you know, it, with that kind of comes some anxiety and, and then that's unnerving both for yourself and the people around you. But then it also um, morphed toward my religion. And at the time I was, I was very faithful. I, was, I went to church every Sunday, which is not something I think every college kid does. And I um, was convinced that I was going to be possessed. And constantly going through those circles of, of you're going to be possessed, you're going to go to hell, all of these bad things are going to happen to you, is really terrifying. You feel like you're going mad. And I think that compounded with the guilt and everything that was going on in my brain and, and whatever, and this was even before any of this paranormal exploration thing, um, was overwhelming like I wouldn't sleep I would spend so much time blessing things with holy water praying to Saint Michael um, basically doing anything I could to prevent that from happening the OCD flare-up really started toward the end of my sophomore year and then I moved home being home and and, and just going, it just let, it often happened at night, right? Because that's when you have time to, you have less distractions and that's when your mind starts to circle. And I would be laying in bed and, um, and I would go through the prayer to St. Michael. And then I had holy water blessed by Pope John Paul II. And I would uh, bless the doorway and then bless myself. And um, I think at this time I actually was in the same room as my sister. So I had to do this all without like, like being suspicious and people being like, what are you doing? You're crazy. Not that she, not that she would, but you don't want to answer that question of like, what are you doing? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, I just have to do this. So it would just be basically me having this like mind battle with myself of like my brain saying one thing. And then I'll say like my higher self, my, my logic, the logical side of my brain being like, no, Anna, this is ridiculous. You need to stop. But, um, you know, no one ever calms down when you tell them to calm down. So <laughs> it was just it was just literally me like circling for for just hours until I until I fell asleep. Uh, just the the cyclical nature of of that thought process and going through all of those compulsive things to prevent it was it just felt like spiraling. In that time, I started doing things that were outside of prayer 
And I had this moment where I was laying in bed and I was like, okay, nothing, nothing can come in this house. I won't let anything come in this house. Nothing is going, nothing's going to destroy us. I, I don't know. And you know, you're going through these thoughts and circling, circling, circling. And I had this weird gut reaction where I just, I imagined this, this gold barrier just up and around the house and the property. And I was like, there's nothing, there's nothing that's going to come through this. Now there's not there's nothing in 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 my religion and Catholicism that talks about you know casting shields or or ways to protect yourself. You always ask for that help. There is never anything about conjuring it yourself. And that was kind of like a like a beginning to exploring something outside of Catholicism, um, which is so weird because it's such such a small moment, you know, in in a in a part of my life that was really consuming and overwhelming um but to be able to kind of pull something out of that was so important finally uh it got to a point where i i did seek help and we had to, like, we had to do ridiculous things, like, in the paranormal, right? So they say, um, to be possessed, you have to welcome something in. You have to say, yes, I, I accept this. And uh, she didn't know it, uh, but she was like, well, well let's, let's, you know, do all the things that you're not supposed to do. Oh, okay. She was like, let's have a seance. Let's do all this. And so we had these fake seances and she was like look you're fine it's like okay i'm fine um take me back what is what is a, a fake clinical seance yeah there was a lot of um plastic baby dolls <laughs> and we drew like sigils on them and everything and she was like here invite the devil to possess my children i was like excuse me i'm not gonna i would not dare i did it uh as far as i understand her children are fine <laughs> um, i should really reach out to her but um that's what we did um a, a little funny story with that it was that was my last uh my last session before i went to back to college <laughs> and she, so we had this fake seance and i'm talking like 20 plastic baby dolls like an excessive amount and um i took them home with me and this black plastic bag and I was like what am I gonna do with these and I put them on the deck because I didn't want to bring them into my house because part of me was like well we did this thing what if like so, you know so I left the babies on the back deck and they they sat there for about a week and a half before I went back to college and when I uh when I went I was I called my dad I'm like dad I need you to do me a favor don't look in the plastic bag just throw it out <laughs> he was like what I'm like it's fine just throw out the dead babies One of the, one of the uh, a little less silly things that we did was uh, she did bring me to a Wiccan shop and we went through there and we, we learned about all the stuff that was in there and all the things that, um, that, I was, that were, were unknown to me and that, that my brain might perceive as scary because it wasn't as educated and, and because um, my religion did tell me like things like witchcraft were not okay and things like that and that was very educational for a number of reasons because I was able to retrain my brain to understand that this that intention is a big part of this and that um, things that you don't understand 
can be scary and your brain can have it's all just like an inherent reaction, right? It's all from back when we were Neanderthals and, and things like that. And I, we just, we've developed past it, but sometimes it comes back. So it's just fear of the unknown. So when you educate yourself, it takes some of that fear away. And so in a way, ironically, being in the paranormal has been like the best cognitive behavior therapy I could have ever experienced when it comes to this because I'm living it every day. I'm not possessed. I am me. And, uh, and I have been able to explore other faiths and other belief systems and other things that would be considered taboo in my religion. I don't know, it's so interesting that like the Christian mythos really kind of controls our view of all of this. A lot of our society was founded on those beliefs and that prevails into now and, and, and for, for me experiencing all of this, it really, for me to understand it all, it was like I had, to, I had to pull those layers away. I had to stop looking at things as good and evil, as light and dark. And um, you have to start kind of looking at the gray areas of like, okay, the church tells me all of these things and, you know, as a mythos you can understand that, yeah, there probably are angels, there probably are beings of high good intent, and there probably are beings of a lower vibration that, you know, maybe are out for themselves and not necessarily you. But is that Christian mythos the truth of it all? Okay, no. Because in doing all of this, I've experienced so much, so much more. And, you know, I'm not saying that, like, I mean, I don't know, they could be all these like mythological creatures could be could be real. I mean, all these fairies and and um, gods and goddesses that people believe in really could be real. They could be parts of a greater whole. I mean, that's that's the truth of it. But you have to be willing to sort of expand past, I guess, or I had to be willing to be expand past what I had grown up and learned to really accept that. Creating your own magic is, 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 is okay. It's, 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 it's not wrong. It's a different type of faith. And it's a different type of practice, I should say. And, and that's okay. And a lot of this has been, truthfully, just letting go a lot of, of a lot of guilt. Well, it's all about understanding, right? So now I understand the paranormal world. I know that I'm, I'm not going to get possessed because I'm not going to be like, hey, bud, let's do this, you know? Um, <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> I just like, to be the real statement. Yeah. If somebody gets possessed, like, hey, bud, let's do this. You know, let's fucking whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to need you to sign at the bottom. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, it's all about that level of understanding. So you know, I know now that whenever I go on an investigation, uh, like something's not not everything's gonna follow you home, right? So there's some relief in that. Um, if you talk to a spirit, they're not gonna be they're not gonna attach themselves to you. I mean, obviously these things can happen. They have happened. Um, I know people who have had these things happen to them, but it's not something that occurs every day and there's comfort in that and there's comfort in being in the field and understanding that and and so um in a way i don't i don't get that that circular like oh god this is it this is the end obviously like i said it has happened but um but yeah it's really um i i think i think i probably would have had a stronger relapse if i wasn't doing this it, it's such a weird journey 
hurts, but I'm so, um, I am grateful for it. I am so grateful for it. Um, I mentioned that we had explored this um, area a little bit, and if you don't mind walking, I'll, yeah, I'll show you. Please. Earlier, you were like, let's head toward these trees. And I was like, oh yeah, that's the spooky part. It was late in the day and we were here. It was a bunch of us. And we were probably here a little bit later than we should have. We were kind of exploring and, and trying to figure out what else might be here and coming to terms with the fact that there might be something other than just like human spirits in this world of paranormal was uh, wildly terrifying and eye-opening for me. You know, there's a lot of legends about um, fae and fairy rings. And so, you know, we did, after some investigation, we, we thought there might actually be some fae that spend their time here. Mm. I, you know, I, I don't have much more to offer you in the way of proof other than at some point we felt a shift in you know when you like walk into an awkward situ situation and you're like really aware of how awkward it is it was kind of like that but a little bit more menacing and we were like okay now is the time to go so we left and we really quickly walked down the path and then through the iron gate that's at the entrance and we got through the gate and shut it and it was like everything clicked like it was like i felt like something was pacing back and forth and looking at us through the bars and i was like what is that and uh, it was another one of those moments where you have to look at someone and say, am I the only one feeling this? And I wasn't. And it's weirdly terrifying because in the beginning, right, this is before I'd seen anything, before I was really aware of how in tune one could be to, to the paranormal. And it was, it was just like someone was staring at you. No one likes that. But like also no one likes it when you can't see who it is staring at you. That is scary. Especially in something like this where you're like, why would there be anyone but people here? But there were other things before people, right? That's the idea. Weird, man. Yeah. It, it almost requires its own faith system. Absolutely. Way, right? Like we're not, like there's a chase of something in those shadows. We don't know what it is but we sort of believe it's something. Right. Right? Right. I think if you ask a, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people, if they believe in an afterlife, they're going to say yes. So what is that afterlife? Is, do we really just end here in a cemetery? Do our bodies end here? Or do our spirits actually ascend to somewhere? Or do they just exist here until they return to another body? And I think all of that kind of comes into play in that we're still trying to seek the answers to that faith that we have, that there's something more than just this. And, you know, I think a lot of us want so badly for there to be more than just this that we can kind of get obsessed with the fact that there is beyond, there is paranormal, there's so much more. And I personally would love to believe that and do believe that, and that's why I do this. But in the end, we really only have this time. That's what we know. It's kind of funny that we spend so much of it chasing after what we don't know and what we aren't sure actually exists.
Thank you for listening to this edition of Euphemet. For more of Anna and the award-winning web series Haunt Me, find them at haunt-me.com. Euphemet is edited by Jenny Asarno. Thank you to our sponsors, Spotify, Anchor, and AMC Network Shutter. For everything Euphemet, including how you can subscribe to the show, links to our Patreon and social media, visit euphemet.com. This has been Euphemet. I'm Jim Perry. And until next time, keep looking up. <laughs>